You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hi, oh. Avalon. Hi, Diana, and also the listeners. How are you doing this morning? We're recording in the morning. We are. It's a morning podcast. I luckily like have been up for uh, a little while. So I don't feel too totally groggy, which is good. How about you? How's your morning? I'm great. I definitely have been up for so long, and I definitely do not feel so groggy. It's totally understandable being that, you know, you're several hours earlier than I am. Oh, that's true. I was doing the math in the opposite direction where it seemed like I was extra lazy. But no, this is natural. Yes. This is natural and good. All right. Well, welcome to Femsplained. Welcome to Femsplained. Oh, I'm so excited. Are you excited? I am. Oh. I'm really excited about this one. Are you being uh, are you being insincere? No, no, I really am. So what oh, what geez. is Femsplained? Tell well, me about it. I mean, I think you already know this, but just in case you have, I don't know, contracted amnesia. Doubts. Femsplained is a girls-only clubhouse podcast where two queer femme humans get to nerd out over something that they feel passionate about. That is very true. But that doesn't mean that people of every gender, non-gender, can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. We just feel like it's powerful and important to have femme-led candid conversations about these experiences. Fuck yes. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, (laughs) I upgraded. So uh, last week episode which I'm so excited about listening to we did a mutual femsplain about labyrinth because how could we not and I think it's probably the first in a series of many episodes about labyrinth yeah (laughs) it's been a long time coming but it's awesome um it's probably a better episode than this one so I recommend just go ahead and hit pause and go back to that one I am mad about that answer that you just gave me because I am so excited about this week because this week it's Avalon's turn to femsplain something that I've been waiting for for a long time so uh without you know further dallying Mm -hmm. if we could just get a man in here real quick to set this whole thing up I'd really like to get on with the show well I don't want it to be too quick we still need some time for him to explain it what? Yeah, we need one minute okay. is all one minute. any man ever needs okay. to get any topic fully explained. And yet. <laughs> and yet. In a man's Putting one minute on the man, watch and go. Burlesque. Let me tell you about burlesque. So my buddy says to me, hey bro, there's a burlesque show in town. Why don't we go? And I'm like, awesome man, what's burlesque? And he's like, ah, dude, it's like girls taking their clothes off, but like it's fancy and it's French. And I'm like, all right, I'm there. And so we go. And the girl on stage takes her top off. So of course I stand up and I yell, Hey, how about underpants next, baby? Next thing I know, I'm being thrown out of the establishment. Turns out 
Burlesque is like a open quote art form, end quote, aka just a whole nother feminist thing. But let me ask you, what's so feminist about you taking your shirt off? And if you're taking your shirt off, why can't I yell things at you? I don't get it. And that's your Mansplain Minute. All right. All right. There it was. That was that. That was this, and this was that, and now we know our topic is burlesque, and I am not Yay! referring to the mid-2000s film starring Christina Aguilera and Cher, which I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen that also. I feel like, I I feel like it's to. probably fine. It's probably fine, but I just don't want to see it. That's also fine. So, Avalon, um, because... I don't know that I could actually really succinctly do this. Can you can you give me like a, a definition of burlesque? Like a, a like just describe what it is? Well, um, what we think of as burlesque nowadays is usually referred to as neo burlesque, which is this resurgence since the mid nineties of a type of performance art that is some combination of sexy and silly, but is generally conceptualized or storytelling or really elaborate and flashy stripping. Cool, okay, awesome. So I guess I've only been, I've only I've only watched a few burlesque shows in my lifetime and really only a few. Like I've, I've never, I've not really like been to a lot of burlesque shows, kind of surprisingly. That's stupid. Um, yeah, it kind of is. But you're coming at this from from two very unique angles because you have been you've been doing burlesque shows for how long now? Um, not long enough that I feel like an authority. Probably two two years. Is uh, is that all? I feel like I remember. Oh, no. no. If anything, I'm stretching it. <laughs> it's probably a year and a half. <laughs> I remember you taking classes, though, oh, yeah. long before that. Yeah, but I, okay. didn't per- I didn't really perform with those classes. Okay, but but yeah. you've been, uh, and, and if I am mistaken, you've been interested in it for a lot longer than that, right? Yeah, I um, have been really, really committed to burlesque being my quote-unquote thing for, like, at least eight years um, since it first was on my radar. But as we've discussed many times in the podcast, like some of my personality tics and anxieties like really got in my way. Uh, Not so much with the nudity aspect, but I just wanted to come on the scene doing it like at my full potential. And I didn't give myself room to be a beginner publicly with it. So I just was kind of constantly waiting to launch and thinking about it and taking classes and all of that stuff. But I was getting stuck in a real sort of self-sabotaging loop Um, right you're never gonna be ready to 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 do that yes for sure Mm -hmm. so um Mm -hmm. yeah so that kind of stifled my progress with it but in the meantime I was still super obsessed with it and um I had tried to become sort of peripherally involved in my early 20s through doing like pinup modeling because I felt like I would be introduced to the right kinds of people and I would establish my aesthetic um, and it would be a good transitionary hobby. Um, sure. But it actually totally wasn't. And it might have derailed me for a little while because I didn't, didn't have like a distinctly bad experience, but I didn't I didn't have a great experience with it. Uh, it- yeah, I remember <laughs> one specific <laughs> interaction <laughs> with a surprise, surprise, 
male photographer. Yeah, shockingly, um, most of the people out there who want to take pictures of women uh, without a lot of clothes on are men. And shockingly, a lot of them are fucking weirdos. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? Whereas, I guess once you're actually in burlesque, you're not really around a lot of men. I don't. I don't know a lot about like strip club culture and sometimes, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot because I don't really know where the lines are mm-hmm. uh, between burlesque and stripping. Uh, some of the lines seem arbitrary and some of the lines seem very legitimate. But once you're actually in burlesque, you're not really dealing with any male energy. <laughs> like men aren't usually producing it. Uh, it's usually, unless there's a, a boylesque performer, or in my case, um, I one of the troops I perform with primarily is a queer burlesque troupe. So there's mm-hmm. a range of gender, but it's not like, there's not a gatekeeper who's a man to do it. Oh yeah, no, in strip clubs, there's there's almost never not a male gatekeeper and usually many of them. And, you know, obviously the male energy is, is super there. Yeah. There used to be lots of, uh, you know, not lots of, but there used to be like co-ed, strip clubs where you would have boy strippers and, and lady strippers, you know, working in the same place. And that had a little bit of a different energy, but that's very rare to find now. That'd be um, nice. Yeah. There should so be more I, of that. Okay, sorry. So I, no, I, I, I was um, wondering because what, from my understanding, just based on talking to strippers that have been in that game for, for longer periods of time, you know, going on like the decades type is that stripping looked a lot more like what burlesque looks like now is that something that's true or do you think that's that's something that I've heard yeah I mean my my timeline understanding is that um burlesque as we know it just as like women uh taking off clothing or being sexy or whatever used to come at the very tail end of like a vaudeville show Mm -hmm. in like the late 1800s early 1900s and then it was becoming more and more popular, so it became, like, more and more of the show. But that there were still, like, comedians and jugglers and, like, all that stupid shit. Right. Um, and then Prohibition, like, shut it down. And then, like, post-Prohibition, burlesque didn't come back, but, like, stripping did. Like, right. right. So I don't know that they sort of existed at the same time initially. And then I don't think it was until recently as, like, a, a throwback kind of nostalgic art form that they overlapped but i think that burlesque originally was like early stripping yeah yeah all right cool so now all right so so you're not just a burlesque performer you are also like putting on shows and i i kind of don't um know that i understand like how that like you're picking like themes or or are you it's like favorite yeah yeah um so i fucking love a theme as i think most nerds do so i i perform sort of freelance in my town in addition to the one queer burlesque troupe that i'm in which means like when one of the other troops or another individual is putting on like a one-shot show with a specific theme you know maybe i'll apply and do it and i think that there are a lot of different styles of burlesque and there are a lot of different like types of themes you know like it can be really overtly sexual it can be kink centric it can be you know physical comedy um yeah 
you know, it can be more musical or people sing, it can be lip syncing, you know, it can be like nostalgia and silly, it can be all kinds of things. So I feel like I have outlets for all of the things that I want to do, except for the thing I want to do the very most, which is do nerd burlesque um, and just incorporate like fandoms and things like that into performance. And there's not really, that's not really existing so much where I live. Um, sometimes like there's a, there's a show in town that I think is the longest running show and they perform once a week. Um, and, wow. and I know Jesus Christ. Um, and it's like Sundays starting at like 10 PM. So I've never done it cause I can't, that does not work with my lifestyle. Um, yeah, wow. as a very Monday through Friday person, uh, sadly, cause I think they put on a great show, but usually it's just like a free for all, like no theme. Um, but every once in a while, it seems like they'll have a theme and they might have like a, a Disney theme or like a. I don't know, like maybe a superhero theme or something. And so that would be an opportunity to do a Nerdlesque number. And of course you could do them in any free-for-all show, but like I specifically want like fandom-centric events, like where it's very specific. Yeah. And you know when you come, like everything you see that night is going to be like a Harry Potter number. Yeah. And like that's my jam. So I've been uh, producing and I guess Francis has been co-producing even though... I feel like I don't want to give him any credit, even though he helps a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm a control freak in that way, but he is very helpful. Uh, but yeah, so we've been producing um, like twice a year, big nerd burlesque event at a, at a video game bar in town that I like. That's so cool. Yeah. So what, what themes you did twice a year? So what themes have you done so far um, for that? We've done just two and we have a third one coming up last fall, this spring and this fall. The first one we did was retro video games, like a nostalgic video games, kind of. Like, basically, the cutoff was Super Nintendo called Pixels and Pasties. And (laughs) I think that was really fun. Uh, And then we did, in the spring, we did a Harry Potter one. Uh, I remember the pictures very, very well. Yeah. and then coming up, we are doing a like a super villains one. I'm very excited about that one. I am too. I think it'll be good. I we I had a really hard time picking the same because I feel like Harry Potter really was the be all end all for me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's a big one. Yeah, I mean there are a million themes, but like specifically, I wasn't getting as excited about any as I was about Harry Potter. I like super villains. We kind of we like batted around like comic books or like Marvel versus DC and you know a lot of things like that. But it's gonna be around Halloween, but I don't want to do a Halloween show. So I feel like the villains thing works really well. Oh, yeah. That checks some of those boxes. And I think you'll get a real variety of stuff. Like, I'm open to performers being villains who are, like, horror movie villains or kids cartoon villains or literary villains or whatever the fuck. So I think it'll be really fun. That's really cool. Awesome. Okay. So, and and also, like, those other themes that you, you know, toyed around with that you can always come back to oh, them if sure. you're doing this show going forward, you yeah. know? And so you mentioned there being, like, different styles of, of, like, burlesque where, you know, there could be physical comedy, it could be, like, purely sexy, it could be very musical. What would you say, like, when you're a performer, like, what do you gravitate to? I don't think that I have enough, like, genuine dance training and ability to ever be like a pure dancer. I think that I have natural rhythm and I have like a traditionally hourglass figure and those things can come together to be like a perfectly decent 
dance routine. <laughs> um, sure. But I don't have, like, I, I didn't dance when I was a kid. And so shuffle steps and stuff like that aren't, aren't going to happen for me. And I think that those kinds of uh, performers who are able to, like, truly choreograph things, that's not something that I can touch, unfortunately. Uh, unless I started taking a lot of dance classes, which I should do, but I just don't feel like it. So sure. for me... In my entire life, I think because my face is round, I get put into a cute category a lot that I don't feel really is what I want to be categorized as. Um, right. Like, I understand that it's a compliment for sure, but I it's not the compliment I would choose for myself. So I do make an effort to not be super cute in my numbers, or if I am being super cute in my numbers, or like in that kind of like a coy, like silly sweet yeah. kind of way like I, I make sure that I'm doing two numbers in that show and the other one is very much the opposite of that the, yeah I try really really hard not to seem one note like I put a lot of conscious energy into not doing too many numbers that feel like the same thing very good so so when you say like the opposite <laughs> of it like what would the opposite of it be probably just like like dominantly sexy oh okay yeah yeah so not on the on the yeah cute or like boy, passive if I'm doing like a a really silly number, I'll try to also do, like, a very serious or topical-seeming number, you know, mm-hmm. like, one that's very, like, emotive or, like, pain-based or, like, sad or whatever, if I'm also doing one that's really, like, peppy and stuff like that. Because I do meet a lot of performers who basically do the same thing, just different song, and yeah. I just don't. Sure. I really, Which, yeah. really don't want to do that. Yeah, that no, that makes um, a lot of sense. I just, I'm trying to picture... You know, just because of the few the few burlesque shows I've ever seen have all been very strictly Moulin Rouge type of you know serious, straightforward sex. Oh fuck sexy. that! You live yeah. somewhere where there's so much good burlesque. Yeah. Usually the 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 quote unquote nicer places are gonna be more like Moulin Rouge, where you've got group choreography, you've got one body type. Yeah. You know, and and that, that's. That, is what I noticed. Yeah, very. yeah, and and that I feel like is more like Vegas showgirly, but there are so many quote unquote smaller scale groups, especially in New York, that'll do. I don't know. They'll have like a a Hey Arnold show, <laughs> and it's just like men and women, and you know, non-binary people with a lot of different body types who make their own costumes and do their own numbers and like really put a lot of effort into it. Um, and those are the shows that I think are the most fun, even yeah, though those are like also the be. shows where like you're most likely to see someone like really suck. <laughs> um, well, sure. <laughs> but I think that there's something so like inherently brave about it that even if you suck, like it's really easy to cheer for you. It's not like if oh, someone absolutely. is like, singing and really eating shit. What? <laughs> you did not eat shit when you sang. You did an excellent job. But I'm saying like if you were to go to like a amateur hour of like concert or whatever that could be painful and awkward but yeah well I would argue that that's also brave Avalon it's brave but it's harder (laughs) to to it's harder to like really (laughs) it is it's it does come off as extremely brave Mm -hmm. to do to put yourself out there in a burlesque show um as an especially as an amateur so do you so so Francis does emceeing yeah. Right for for some shows for my shows yeah for our what is, shows <laughs> what is what are the what are the MCs role in a in a burlesque show sure show? so it's you know they introduce 
the show. They introduce the performers. They are largely in charge for interfacing with the audience if the audience is being shitty. You know, like if you have like a heckler or a D-bag or something like that, which has never happened to me, thank God. But like, um, but they would be the person who sort of like addresses them publicly to the audience. Um, I mean, they're the host. They uh, oh, okay. they buy time between numbers if there's like a wardrobe malfunction, things like that. Yeah, they're just that's they're cool. like the face and the voice of the show. Right, but but Francis dresses up, right? Like he gets in. He's not like just like in a tailcoat. Uh, um, you know, yeah, you don't have to, but the shows that he's done have all been very thematic shows. So he's done the two of mine, the video game one and the Harry Potter one. And he also was asked, based on how seriously, like, awesomely he did in the Harry Potter show, he was asked to emcee another show in town, which was a Legends show, which typically in that everybody performs like a number or an impression by somebody who inspired them in some way oh that's cool yeah so like i've i went to one legend show that had like had a david bowie had a prince had a you know like and it doesn't have to be specifically mimicry but maybe you're doing one of their songs and there's something about what you're bringing to it that's paying tribute to them um so for the for the legend show he dressed up as mario it's like a sexy (laughs) mario and he he definitely looked like mario and harry potter show he dressed up as voldemort uh, and he was like the friendliest Voldemort, but he did shave his head for it, like very. Oh, I remember it was very, very <laughs> terrifying. His hair grew back alarmingly fast. Yeah, I think that's part of why he was able to commit to it so well. Is his hair grows back so far, uh, so fast. But he uh, he blocked his eyebrows. Yeah, and he did like foundation across his whole head, so it looked. Yeah, it was I mean, terrifying. the only thing is that he like nose. He had a big nose, <laughs> but otherwise it was really <laughs> excellent. And he he didn't really put on a Voldemort personality, which is fine because I don't think Voldemort would host a show very well. But um, yeah, no, probably but it not. was really funny. Yeah, um, and he was able to wear. I last Pride 2017 Pride show, I did a Babadook number because mm-hmm. it was topical, <laughs> and yeah. I made like a. I made myself like a big black sort of cloak jacket thing and he was able to wear that for Voldemort so it was a really cheap and easy cosplay so it worked out really well um nice yeah and then the first one he was his first time hosting and he did a kick-ass job but instead of uh dressing up as a character which I feel like he probably now would have done he got one of those um three-piece suits I don't know if you've seen that are like all one silly pattern yeah they're like on amazon and it was it was more of a comic booky one like the whole thing was like bams and pals and like back batman like yeah 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 whack wax yeah i can't remember <laughs> the, the name for a, a word that sounds like how you the noise it makes is what the sound oh, makes yeah God. anyway uh those onomatopoeia is that what is that, that is an onomatopoeia? i think so oh sweet i'm so impressed I think so. all right we'll go with that i think so it so. was an onomatopoeia okay. suit and yeah so those are the three that he's done but he does a fucking phenomenal job. I mean, really, really much better than any host I've seen at any burlesque show. I'm not at all surprised. Like, that does not... No, I, I'm not I don't either, have to be convinced just, about that at all. I thought he would do a really good job, but he does a fucking great job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that that's like, it becomes its own act almost, like how good of a job he does. But I try really hard in the shows that I produce because I really want them to feel more like, I know it's ambitious, I just want them to feel more like events 
than performances. So I really have tried sure. hard to like make sure there's an audience participation element, make sure there's like a really kick-ass raffle. You know, ideally I would really like to be having more than just burlesque performers. I'd like to have like a musical element. So it feels almost more like vaudeville but it's hard. That's such a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of work I always, to do for sure. I always have um, a costume contest because I feel like if you can get the audience to dress up like the theme, then you don't have to decorate the space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like the Harry the Potter show, doing like it not you. a single person was not wearing something Harry Pottery, which was amazing because there were like 100 plus people there uh, in a pretty small space. So, so it was kick ass. The video game one... I let people cosplay as anything because it was two weeks before Halloween and I would rather have just gotten people dressed up than... Yeah, otherwise you're asking them to make a separate costume from potentially something they already spent money and or time on. Exactly. No, I get you. So, and I just wanted people to come and like have fun and it was the first show I had done so I was just trying to get people in the door so it was just a a general costume contest but like we did i got donated uh two tickets to eugene's comic con as like the prize so like stuff like that Um, that's awesome yeah for the harry potter show we um i can't remember if it was the costume prize or the raffle grand prize but we found um somebody who carves like custom uh, custom wands based on the pottermore wand that you're wow. assigned. So, uh, wow. so yeah, so we just got like a, a, a gift certificate through that dealer to give the person and then they got to customize their own Harry Potter wand um, and get Holy it. Holy cow, that's really good. Yeah, so I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for this villains thing. I got to think about it, but I really, I really want it to be more than just a burlesque show. I like this. Okay, I like this idea a lot. So, so in addition to having like maybe a live musician or yeah. you know raffles and things, like what other what is like dream big? What would you add to? Okay, so dream big. The thing that always I don't execute that I wish I had is that I want a really kick-ass photo booth and. Um, cause I think that's free advertising. And then I really wanted to do a craft station. So like for pixels and pasties, I really wanted to buy like a million of those little rubber beads and do that like iron art and like yeah. have a guide where people could make their own pixel versions of themselves really easily. And like in intermissions, they could like do it and then pick it up at the end and just have like a little pixel version of themselves or just have a couple of really easy templates for like Link or Mario or whatever. Because that's, I don't know if you remember doing that as a kid, but it's really quick and easy and it's so cheap. So I really wanted to do that, but it didn't come together. Okay. Mostly because I was producing that one on my own and I wasn't letting anyone help me and I was going nuts. Harry Potter, I don't, yeah, I would like to have some kind of like a, ideally I'd like to have something you could take home and I'd like to have good pictures. The photo booth idea is great. I've, I'm always happy when that's at some sort of an event but something to take home is interesting yeah i also like we haven't really had musicians because the the turnover on that can be so choppy oh i bet you know uh also there hasn't really been an option for a musician that's on theme right right because you still want them to be yeah part of it yeah (laughs) that makes sense Um, Uh, so yeah I, i did have with the pixels and pasties one of the performers did a song which I did appreciate, but I don't think that I set them up for success with it very well. Hmm. I had them as a cold open, which I thought was cool, but it actually was just hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of feels disjointed. Yeah. I wanted people to like gradually start paying attention to it and realize it was happening, but it didn't really. 
It wasn't a good idea. But she did a, or they did a, a Link. They dressed up as Link and did an acoustic, like, that's not my name for, like, they call me Zelda. <laughs> that's actually, yeah. that's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, so, I really, the producing is probably almost more fun to me than the performing. Yeah. I also perform in the shows that I produce. But that's hard because that means I can't be present. Right. And you have to be like, your mind is is in two different places at once, which is crazy. Yeah. Which has been one of the biggest um, values of having Francis co-produce is because like I can, I can perform and I can produce backstage, but I cannot also produce what's happening on the floor and with the audience. And like, if, if sound goes wrong, like I can't, I physically can't be in both places. So yeah. having Francis there to sort of live troubleshoot and make things happen if if there are hiccups in the front of house is vital. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes complete sense. That's really cool. What a like cool thing for like a couple to do together. I feel very power couple is... when we do it. I really do. Yeah. To produce drag shows like yeah. not drag shows. Sorry. Uh, burlesque shows. But I think I was I was just thinking that is there any is there any overlap with drag and burlesque like are there ever any drag burlesque performers or do they kind of stay separate you know i would say that to my understanding traditionally they've been kept separate but that those lines are blurring more and more cool so like we had a drag performer in our queer burlesque group for a while and they were doing sort of drag burlesque hybrid which totally makes sense and looks totally fluid and um, yeah, it, it feels like it would yeah. make total sense. And we have yeah. a lot of, you know, I would say that oftentimes burlesque performers will perform in um, male drag, like for a concept or something like that. And that, you know, clearly works. Um, so I think that at least in our community, it's really, it's getting harder to separate them out from each other. And I would love to have um, drag in the shows that I'm producing, but it just hasn't been the I haven't had anyone apply the past two shows. But yeah, I think that as a as a performance community, the drag producers are starting to recruit more burlesque performers to do a number and vice versa in the shows. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah, great. I like that. It it feels like a it just feels like a seamless It yeah, idea, it makes really. total sense. Um mm. absolutely. And I think that yeah, I I've performed in tons of shows with drag numbers and it hasn't That's awesome. Yeah, and it um, seemed normal. Have you have you done drag? We, well, yeah. Sorry, you you're the camera did a oh. thing, so I wasn't sure if you were cut out. But uh, have you have you done any drag performances or or any drag costumes in in burlesque? In burlesque, no. I have come really close a couple of times and either had the show be canceled or had something fall through. We, so weirdly, it hasn't worked out that way. Uh, but I'd really like to. I've I've done drag like makeup on myself um to support somebody else's performance like if i'm in the background of it or they need they need me as a guy oh, to be like yeah, to assist yeah. in their performance in some way i've done that but i haven't done my own like drag king full-on performance and i think i would really like to but part of me feels part of me feels a little bit uncertain about how convincing <laughs> i would be not just in terms of like having boobs but specifically in terms of like how to move while I'm dancing. I think I would have to be really, really thoughtful about channeling masculine energy. 
But it yeah. is something that I would like to do. I love that because I've seen I've seen a picture of you in 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 some drag makeup, and I I, I have to say, and I I've and I've I've seen Francis in in his yes. drag makeup as well, and I have to say that that's you know maybe one of the most confusing like sexually confusing pictures for me <laughs> I've ever is seen. Is it the one where I'm like a zombie varsity? Like high school? Uh, yeah, or I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, so Francis um, dabbled in drag. Uh, I think that it wasn't fully what he, what he needed as a performance art. I think he just needs to do like gender fuck, like queer, yeah. whatever. And I think that was too, telling him that was too sort of abstract. So he tried drag for a, about a year, pretty solidly. Uh, and so one of the numbers that he did was uh, Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Um, his performance was a narrative in which he, as a woman and a warrior, was living through the zombie apocalypse. And her ex-boyfriend, as a zombie, came back to her now. Um, <laughs> and it was like a heartfelt story, but she did end up having to slay him. And... I was, yeah, I, I was her, like, I got, like, a varsity jacket from a Goodwill and, like, a baseball cap, and I was all zombied up, and we had a battle, and that was so much fun, and then the second year for that particular show, um, Francis did The Warrior and battled Trump, who I think, oh, right, I think had not yet been elected, like, I think it was, like, the weekend before, so bummer, but anyway, so I had to do Trump drag, uh, and that was I really alarming. So I just wanted to confirm that that was not the one that you had weird sexual feelings about. Um, no, definitely <laughs> not that one. No, it's the one of you guys, like, you're either, like, on a train or a subway or something like that, and you're sitting, and you're both in your... Yeah, in your yeah, train. that was the first show. And, yep, yeah, no, I, that was alarming uh, in, like, a good way. Yeah. So I, so I think, I think based on that, I would say that, you could do very convincing, but I get what you're, t- I get what you're talking about with, with the movement and like the, the like attitude that you'd have well, to yeah, cause like, put out. Being a dude is one thing, but being like a fucking like sexy, like magic Mike dude is not something that I've done. So I did when I was going to do that, I did actually watch magic Mike. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, you know, I know I'm late to the game. Solid movie. Yeah, sure. Solid movie. Definitely. Like the opposite of all things that I find sexually attractive. In, yes. In in any male-bodied person, for sure. Well, I think that's why I avoided it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just so everyone knows. Yeah. No, I don't know my opinion. I really don't fucking know anybody. I mean, maybe it's it's a reflection of who I hang out with. I don't know any girls that are like. Mm, oh muscles. no! Like I mean, my sister and all her friends. That's oh, that's they're down. Yeah, they're down with that. I just, that's I exactly guess I, what I they... never have straight girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, solid movie. So I, I, that is on my, I guess, to-do list. I got stalled in a big way this year because uh, the venue closed where the queer burlesque troupe performs. And they were kind of my performance anchor because it was a monthly show. And then anything else I did extra was just extra. Mm-hmm. But without that, I feel like I really haven't performed very much in the last few months so but even they normally have a theme yeah well i mean i just that feels right it feels like there should be a theme i agree so when's your next one that you're performing in that i'm performing in or do you know yet the next one i'm performing in is actually the next one i'm producing unless something else comes up 
I'd like to do a Halloween show, but I haven't seen any casting calls, so. Oh, so wait. Oh, what I also wanted to ask you. So you're part of, like, a troupe. Yeah. Okay, so how does that work? Because it's, like, it's not like each time you're applying to a new thing. Like, you're a part of a pre-existing group, and when they put on a show, like, you're in it. automatically yeah. a part of it. You're in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Um. it was audition-based, and... There's, like, a meeting once a month where you talk about the next show or the last show or the theme or whatever the fuck. And then when the show is announced, you're sort of assumed you're going to do it unless you say otherwise. And then there is a sort of behind-the-scenes Facebook group where there's a vetting process in terms of you proposing a couple ideas and people having the opportunity to say, no, I don't feel comfortable with you doing that, or yeah, that sounds great, and then you do it. All right, yeah. cool. And I like that troupe a lot because they have, like, a very strong family and community, like, experience and, and feeling that I get from that group of people. And from just things that you've told me, they're also, like, really, really body positive. They're so really, body really, positive really... and so fucking nice. And they're always just, like, That's crying right. with, like, <laughs> love. They're always just, like, yeah. you perform, no matter what you did, you come backstage and people are just crying because they're proud of you. Like, it's so oh, nice. that's so cute. It's really, really sweet. And it, it really bummed me out that I haven't had that experience while the venue was closed. But it's just solidly good people. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, and there are also, this is the queer burlesque yeah, tr- yeah. Uh, troupe. So, like, there's lots of LGBT um, acceptance and, and things in there yeah. as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not, I know that we always wish it was a little bit no, more diverse than it is. But we do have, we have, you know, most of the gender spectrum represented. It definitely leans cis woman, white cis woman. Sure. So, you know, I think that whenever we have auditions, we really strive (laughs) to have more diverse people come out and audition. But it doesn't always work out that way. Right. Well, and and I think also that just the demographic of your areas probably make it, probably makes it more difficult as well. That's hugely, for like the racial part, that's absolutely a thing. Yeah. 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 I live in a super white town. But all the more reason why we really want to make sure that our um, advertising for auditions, that we're really doing as much work as we can to try to get people of color to know about the audition. Right. Because you want them to come down so that they can have that opportunity to be in it. Because, yeah, that makes sense. And, like, I just can you tell me, I know I've asked you this before, but can you tell me how you found this because like that part amazes me like how did you find burlesque like all right one one thing is like taking classes oh that's but then like how do you find like just the group or like the troop or like how did you do that sure so um the troop we found almost immediately when we moved to eugene because there's a really solid weekly free newspaper that tells you what's going on in town and yeah. one of the events was this queer burlesque show and the first one we went to at the end of it they did an audition call and francis said this is cool i want to try drag and do it and i'm gonna audition and i said fuck you burlesque is my dream you this is your first burlesque show like what the fuck are you even talking about (laughs) (laughs) and he auditioned and because he auditioned like i felt like i had to because i was feeling very very defensive that he was columbusing my passion um yeah and I I didn't make it all the way in. I made it in as somebody who could do a guest number in the coming months. Uh, and then based on that guest number might be offered a spot. 
And in the meantime, um, I was offered a position as like the person who gathers tips. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. So I did that, which actually for for me and my own sort of like stress of about it probably was better that I eased into it. Yeah, so I so I did that for about six months before I started performing regularly with them. That's pretty cool. So like you, because because you would have put so much pressure on yourself for your first performance, like straight off the bat. I think that... I would have called out. Like I really, really do. I think I would have been so yeah. fucking stressed that I would have made myself ill. Yeah. So like just being in the environment, being like immersed in it, and then. And being dressed in the like yeah. attire, but not like being front and center of it at first. That's yeah, that, that makes sense. That's yeah, good. and I think that I think that Unveiled has sort of shaped my aesthetic as a performer a lot um, because the first thing I showed up to as a tip fairy, I made like a showgirl outfit for, and sometimes I feel like a little out of place because I'm very like heteronormative presenting especially when my hair was longer, mm. that I sometimes felt like I wasn't like reading queer enough for the space, which I think is my own baggage, that whole sort of queer enough thing. But it is a thing um, it, for me. It is, it is definitely like, it's a thing for you, so it's a thing. But like, it makes me upset because like queer girls should be able to have fucking long hair. Yeah. Like, and, you know, like it's, and yeah. It, I mean, really. Yeah. And no one was saying anything to me directly, but, like, I was wearing a corset, and I was wearing heels, and I had long hair, and I just felt like, I don't know, I felt very out of place. So it's, in some ways, like, I probably would be a little bit more, quote-unquote, like, classic burlesque in my aesthetic if I wasn't consciously trying to seem a little bit more queer sometimes. Which is not to say that, like, I, like, deep dive into a queer aesthetic but I think it it informs some of my decisions sometimes as a performer for sure well because also you know like you're you're in what on paper is a you know <laughs> a like straight presenting partnership yeah as that, well. and that too yeah and that's a big part which of it. then adds to that like stress of like does that take away from my absolutely actual identity yeah i mean if you spend 10 minutes in a room with you and francis like obviously like all of that <laughs> pretense completely melts away but like i don't but i have no idea a, i'll take your word for that but that yeah, definitely no. added, has added to my insecurity in the past like like, if somebody, like, came up to me and was like, look at that straight couple over there and pointed at you and Francis, I would laugh for t- for maybe days, that I think. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, but just in, 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 you know, mixed company in a crowd, especially where, like, your gender and queer identity is sort of being put on display, yeah. then then to feel like it's invalidated or, or anything based on what you look like is would be hard. But yeah, and it was. And I think that... Honestly, a big part of it is that I, I think that I had to go through a little bit of like a coming out of the closet with that also. Like it, it unveiled the name of the burlesque troupe was like the first time that I had to be sort of publicly confronted with being out, even if it was to oh, a room shit. full of strangers, like where I did not have full control over who I told and who I didn't tell. And that was really like a very positive thing for me. And it helped me be like out in my own mind a little bit more, but it was weird. Maybe it was like, there were some growing pains with it. Yeah, for sure. But it's been pretty good. It's been pretty unconditionally positive part of my life. I I can't, yeah, I can't see like a downside (laughs) to any of what you're saying pretty much like, 
being stretching your legs as a performer, as a person who has social anxiety, like coming out of the closet unapologetically as someone who's like kind of been tight lipped about like yeah. your 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 sexuality and your gender identity and like to just be like in a group of body positive like yeah. people who who are super supportive like yeah i just can't see no no downsides it definitely has set the bar incredibly high for me though with other places that i perform in oh for sure like i've never performed I, yeah. in like a, a caddy place like you know like i haven't had backstage weirdness which i hear about a lot right you know? i'm sure i'm sure but i think that i would be even more intolerant of that happening based on how nice <laughs> unveiled it yeah you know so so it's been great and i i make like a real effort based on the experiences i've had with unveiled to bring that energy to producing and to make sure that performers that i have feel like super supported and super chill um yeah like the yeah. chill part specifically like i try to really really make everybody feel like we're just having fun because sometimes the anxiety of a producer can really fucking ruin oh it can rub yeah, off and become yeah. contagious for sure so but yeah other than that you know I, it makes me costume pretty much constantly which is something that i have always wanted an outlet for you know going to cons and stuff is fine but it was it was always the costuming part that i enjoyed more than actually right, going right so it's really nice to be costuming like all the time Yay. even though it's a different kind of costuming because you got to be really mindful of being able to take it off which <laughs> is like yeah. a very different approach than trying to look as much like this certain video game character as possible it's like i need to look yeah. like this video game character and i need to be able to get it off in 60 seconds right <laughs> so wow is there, is there, just really quickly, because the only time I've seen burlesque performers, they always had pasties on. Yeah. Does that, is that a, a always thing, or do they ever come off? Mm -mm. They don't They shouldn't come off. come off. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's just part yeah. of it. I think that part of it is that if they do come off, the venue needs to have a different kind of license, I think. Okay, um, no, that makes but sense. But also, I think yeah. that it's just sort of a traditional thing. All of... The shows that I've been in make sure that those that happen like nipples are fully covered at all times regardless of gender. Okay. Um, uh, nipples, genitals, and buttholes are the rules. <laughs> they always have to be covered. <laughs> those are my rules too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, butthole covering is is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can you can have pasties on and like you could just have like a lot of like glitter or rhinestones like kind of glued to your bush area yeah but yeah the, the butthole part can be tricky right right yeah, yeah you gotta <laughs> you gotta get a big gemstone <laughs> yeah exactly. slap it on there because <laughs> i've definitely because i think at first i was like when are you gonna see a butthole but i've definitely seen buttholes yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah i've seen yeah. a lot of buttholes during auditions because i think that that's the time that people don't realize that they're butthole right they, or they if they do certain they, things <laughs> <laughs> there are certain movements there are certain that, movements uh, where you are gonna i had one i was in one audition one time and i got it was like a cis man auditioning and he got really into it and got really carried away and has this like closing like move he like bent over and like with his hands pulled his cheeks open. Oh no, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't even trying to no, hide that butthole. No, he was just hole. so into it, but I thought it was hilarious. Because I was just like, <laughs> I never, I, it is not my culture. As I don't know. 
maybe that's like a, a thing for gay men where it's just like oh yeah here's my butthole it just like was never on my radar that i would ever get a blow off move i don't know butthole. based on like some pornography that i've seen i think it's just a man thing oh, in general shit. all right to be obsessed with buttholes i don't know i these those like zoomed in butthole <laughs> shots are are alarmingly common when I'm just trying to watch some regular old porn. Oh, man. We were, um, there's a lot of nudity at the, the pirate camping thing that we did last weekend. And we kept joking in our campsite that, like, seeing a butthole would be, like, getting a bingo. It would be, like, pirate bingo. Yeah. And everybody was just, like, you know, people would come back to camp sometimes and be, like, I got a bingo. And I was not getting a bingo. And then we went, we went to, like, a naked oil wrestling thing. And it was, like. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you got then you got a bingo. There's so for sure. many bingos. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> and I also appreciated that the naked oil wrestling was like mostly men. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I definitely I'm, I'm thought not it was just surprised. gonna be hot girls and I was kinda like, ugh. No. No, it was mostly like, old go to, guys. Go to a nude beach. Yeah. Go Yeah. <laughs> it was old guys. It's yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. What else with burlesque? Pasty making is fun. That looks fun. Yeah. I think that I can probably, I, I could step up my pasty game a little bit, but it's fun and not too hard. I think the best mm-hmm. ones that I ever made, I did, so for my Pixels and Pasty show, I did sort of a play on that traditional, like, half man, half woman face painting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did Princess Zelda and Sheik. Yeah. Um, and I did a lip syncing number where I would like take turns with my, like just showing half of myself to the audience and switching. I did it to The Boy Is Mine, <laughs> um, which was very fun. And the pasties I had for that, like I had one that was like the Zelda crest and I had one that was like the, the chic, like eyeball crest. Yeah. Uh, and those came out really well. I'm, like, really proud of them, but I don't know when I'll ever need one Zelda pasty and one Sheik pasty. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty specific. Yeah. What is your what is your favorite act that you've done so far? So I think that the Harry Potter show, the Bellatrix number that I did, was definitely, yes. like, not the most conceptually interesting number I've done, but definitely the best number I've done. Cool. In terms of, like, the energy that I achieved and the dancing and like this the just sort of success of it um was probably the best number i've ever done i would really prefer to be able to say that one of my best numbers was something that was like very creative though like that boy is mine one which i think is kind of (sighs) creative i also really enjoyed i did a for a halloween show i did a number i did a pms number yeah and i had a very big like walmart bag of cocoa puffs with like marshmallows in it uh, of cereal and as sort of like a PMS food as I sort of mimed this whole thing. And I did, I very, very smoothly was able to reach in, eat some cereal, reach in, seem like I'm eating cereal, but I put fangs in and then reach in and slip my hand into a werewolf glove. (laughs) <laughs> like, and then it was actually like what? a because the song was like that time of the month, and then it like turned into a werewolf number. Um, That's so cool. And like it would vacillate between like, and so I did like a shirt like Hulk rip, and I had glued fur to like my whole body. Um, <laughs> and so like not only was I like then a werewolf, but I was also like still having PMS. So like I was like seeing the hair and like crying. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, and that one came out like really well, I think. I think those two are probably my favorite. All right, I really like that one. I didn't know about that yeah. one. That's cool. Oh, that's so great. I cannot wait to go and see one. Yeah. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see you perform. You have to do it. My mom came to one show, and that was really special for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Even though the MC called her out more than I wanted them to. <laughs> that's fine. Was the MC Francis? No, the MC was oh, good. somebody else. <laughs> but, like, the MC was like, oh, and, like, my performer name is Apple a day and I was like, Oh, Apple a day's mom's here. And then the MC like went on this really big long thing about like how the MC does not have a good relationship with their mother. And like, I wish that I could talk about my sexuality with my mother. Like this whole like thing. But I understand that there's probably a lot of pain there for, cause it was at the queer space. So like, I think that that was probably oh, yeah. a really relatable thing for the audience. Um, but I felt bad for my mom a little bit. <laughs> Oh but, no. Yeah. That was the I did the Babadook number at the show that she was at. That's cool. Um, That's awesome. Aw. Yeah. I I love this so much. I'm it's so really excited fun. for you. It's very stressful. It makes me so me, proud of you fun. every time I hear about it. Nice. Like it's just it's just like I don't know, it's something so big and so scary and, and just it's just I don't know. I'm just very proud of you. Thank you. For, Everything I'm that you a do horrible, in this. miserable monster for the 24 hours leading up to a show every single time. I know, but um, I, <laughs> but I'm still really, <laughs> yeah, but I am still really proud of you Thank anyway, you. <laughs> and that's allowed. It is. I appreciate that. I want to do it more. I don't, but I don't want to like. I don't know. I don't know if I want to like book shows in Portland and like, cause you can travel with it. You can. I mean, you can go as big as you want to with it. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I would ever be a competing performer, but there are tons of competitions. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. There's a really big um, convention, BurleyCon, in Seattle every year that I always really want to go to that looks fun. It's mostly, like, workshops and stuff like that and networking, but it's always, like, That's I, such I a always good idea. have a wedding that weekend. <laughs> like, always. <laughs> um Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you get to do that someday because that sounds like something I that's do exactly that that right up fun. your alley. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to do that. But then, I mean, the point of that is you meet Seattle performers and then you like book and you drive up to Seattle and do a Seattle show. And I just feel like I could see it taking over my life. And right now where it's at, there's a really good balance of me never doing more than I want to do. But it also is kind of tempting to like try to reach new audiences. I mean, there would be no harm in trying one show in, like, Seattle, which I would say, and I don't know what I'm basing this on exactly, but I would say that I would recommend trying, like, a show in Seattle over a show in, like, Portland, maybe, because it just doesn't seem like, I don't know, Portland seems like a bigger deal, I don't know. You're like, crazy! That... Seattle's totally a bigger deal. It is? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't That's know. Okay. There is, though, New York, not that, I mean, I fucking hate New York. But New York has a uh, a nerd burlesque festival every year. That's cool. I feel like if you haven't had a caddy experience <laughs> yet in burlesque, I feel like there's a guarantee that if you come to New York and do it, you're going to... But I feel like the people who do nerd burlesque can't be that bad. Yeah, I've never had bad experiences in nerd spaces before. Um, <laughs> I've never had... <laughs> I've never had any sort of uh, caddy or or backstabbery or. Ugh, all right. Well, you know, <laughs> and the other thing too is like there's this suicide girls thing. So suicide girls 
the company, the what I believe to be an evil corporation of sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Salem just decided to reach out and Diana's cat's me. paw just came in from out of frame and it seemed like it was not real. Um Yeah, so anyway, Suicide Girls, uh, which I have a low opinion of because I've been told that it is horrible to the girls, has like a constantly traveling, I think nerd burlesque show that they do. Where just like it's just constantly rolling through town and like taking money away from local performers and it's just like typical suicide girls looking people doing a typical stormtrooper number um and it's like 40 bucks which is crazy um for that you know and then they just roll on to the next town so it kind of like is mcdonald's burlesque a little bit in my opinion sure so i don't know about like that kind of energy in a nerd burlesque festival space I would not like that. Yeah. I would not be a fan of that at all. I went to one of their shows because they they let they'll recruit one local performer as an opener and the local performer for Eugene when they came through last time asked Francis to film. Because Francis um also like freelance films performances and like cuts it together for people to have for audition tapes. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we went to do that and it's just like the space just grossed me out so much that I left after they performed like the way the Good. girls were and the way you paid extra money to get their autograph and like hang out with them it was like a more strippery energy which there's nothing wrong with but it's just not what i'm used to seeing in that space and i didn't like it well stri- stripping also has its own issues when when things like that happen because you will have big name porn stars or big name models mm. get brought into your club to take away your money essentially by being like a high profile person mm-hmm. makes the club money makes them money and just takes away from the like actual working oh, yeah. uh, girls that are there uh, so that that is a frustration that okay cool is, I, is I shared as I was yeah saying, but yeah no no it, that's that's a that's a very common thing for not just suicide girls but like other big name uh, a crass and exploitative yeah. um, companies coming in and coming into these like hardworking like genuine spaces and taking away yeah. their money. Yeah, I felt good about the last time they were in town. I didn't do it intentionally, but it was it was the weekend of the Harry Potter sh- or it was the time of the Harry Potter show, and mm-hmm. that show was on I think a Saturday, and they were performing the following Friday. And I feel like if I had been the week after them, like, I, I feel like I would have lost out on money. But yeah. I feel like because I was the week before, like, I maybe took some of their people away who were like, how many fucking nerd burlesque shows can I see in a month? Like, yeah, good. <laughs> so I'm good. really hopeful that that was the case. But it's just so, and it's usually so inexpensive to go to burlesque shows that aren't like famous people traveling. You know, it's usually like a $5 cover. I mean, you're supposed to tip is the thing, and a lot of people don't really right, get that. Right. Because you're trying to you're trying to support the performers. You're not you're not paying for yeah. company. And oftentimes, yeah. depending on the venue, you know, the the venue will take a cut of the door. So really, you should spend your money on tipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the venue is already getting your money from buying drinks. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, people don't really get it. And sometimes tipping is very inconvenient because there's a very, like, very strict hands-off policy. So, you know, and if it's really crowded, Uh. like, the tip bucket that you're supposed to use is genuinely hard to access. 
and those spaces don't cater to making change for you in the way that the strip clubs that I've gone to do. Right, like, where that's, that's where like there's an uh, an ATM typical. that dispenses only singles, <laughs> or like an yeah. ATM that it dispenses only two dollar bills if you're in Portland, which is stupid. Um, wow. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, yeah. So tip. So tip. Tip your tip your performers. No matter what, performers are not breaking even on how much money they put into costumes. No matter what. So at mm-hmm. least help them sort of, kind of try to break even. No one They're is making this- money off of burlesque. Yeah, they are doing this out of a love of performance. Yeah. So tip them. Also tip your drag queens, too. Oh, yeah. Similarly, if you're at a drag show. But drag queens are better about getting the money because it's safe for them to do it. Like, it's part of it that they, like, come up to you and they're like, give me your dollar. Maybe you can put it in my shirt. Maybe you put it in my hand. But, like, right. drag queens, like, seek out dollars while they lip sync. Whereas, like, burlesque performers... If someone approaches you with money, you're immediately like, oh my God, what does he think is about to happen? Because I, I have a routine that I'm doing that I don't want to be interrupted. And also, like, I don't consent to being touched. Oh, shit. Right. Like, it, it's just like right. there's this energy of, like, if somebody's coming at you with money, which is why there's usually a bucket. Yeah. Oh, God. Tip your performers. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I I just, I have more questions. I just, um, I, 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 I want to see one. I want to see a performance so bad. That's fair. Go, well, it, like, I don't, I know we don't really do homework yet, but uh, anymore so much. But like, if I find a show in New York, will you go to it that I want you to go to? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. I'll do Oh, that. yeah. You just point me and I'll go. Sweet. Okay, well, you know, Diana, you can find us in a lot of different places in the meantime. (laughs) Where can I find us, Avalon? I'm so glad you asked. I'm dying. You can find us at Femsplained Podcast on Instagram, Femsplained Cast on Twitter, Twitter, Jesus Christ, Femsplained Podcast on Facebook, and our blog, femsplained.wordpress.com. Wow, that's a lot of places. And please give us a rate, give us a subscribe, put a little blurb. Tell us that you like us so that other people can maybe find us sometime. Share us if you're enjoying this. That'd be real nice. Yeah. Email us if you want to contact us and talk in any kind of a dialogue way at femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I love it. And support local burlesque performers. And if you're a dude, Yay. don't touch them. Yeah, don't touch them. Don't <laughs> touch the performers. And um, if you're a girl, don't touch them. They're the worst. Yeah, because they think the rules they think don't, the apply, rules to don't them. apply to them. Uh huh. I know it. I know it well. That's yeah. That's only newly mm-hmm. been on my radar. Okay. Oh yeah. No, that's that's a thing. They 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 will do that and not tip. <laughs> they will touch you and not pay for it. Don't be don't be jerks, girls. All right. So I have to go to work. I have to run to work right now. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm going over. after this. Um, I have well, like I have two hours and I have to go to work. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.